Welcome to the Granary Church podcast. We're happy you could join us. For more information on the Granary Church, head to granary.org.au or follow our socials at the Granary Church. So I've said thank you this morning to our church for being generous and uh, obviously the the thing that I'm very much passionate about is our Granary Care Centre and and the work of Granary Care and I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who gave to our appeal. We did fall a little bit short and so we're still looking for some more money. We're up to the point where we're ready to put a kitchen into the second flat and uh, we need $8,000 to do that. So if you're someone who feels that you can contribute that, um, I would be more than happy to Take your money, <laughs> as they say on the KFC ad. But um, no, to, to receive that contribution as a blessing. And so we have got our first girl in our first flat, and that's a picture of her up there. So thank you, everyone. She is loving it in there. You can see the brand new kitchen that she is enjoying and, and so on. And then our second flat a couple of weeks ago looked like this, but it's now got sheeting on the walls and it's been plastered and we're ready for that kitchen to go in as soon as God provides for that. But today, what I've uh, called my message today is CHCH, what's missing? And if you did my studies of religion class, don't give it away, okay? Because I I used to teach this when I taught year 11 and 12, and uh, this was always a a part of my uh, little daddy joke with them, and you'll you'll see later why it's a daddy joke. So, bringing heaven to earth, we're in the, uh, as Sue said, just past the middle of our um, our, our series on bringing heaven to earth, and and that's our vision statement as a church. As a church, we want to see heaven come. You know, Jesus... Jesus said that, didn't he? He said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. And so building the kingdom of God within, among and beyond became our mission statement that we want to see God's kingdom in people's hearts, within people, people accepting Jesus as Lord. And then among, building the community of faith that that Jesus talked about and then beyond being a witness to our community. And so If you've had a little look at this um, Bringing Heaven to Earth document, you'll know that in the Among section there are some questions that um, talk about uh, love. So how am I going with loving sacrificially? Well, I, I sort of spoke about that last time I was up here, so we're not going to cover that again today. But one of them is how am I a community builder? And I guess we're going to have a little look at that today. And I've spoken to you already a little bit about historically different ways that people built this church and the people in this church to um, where we are today, but also maybe leave you with a bit of a vision for where we're headed and where we can go. But we've got to ask this question before we can understand the church and what it means to build the kingdom of God among us. We have to ask ourselves, what is this kingdom built upon? And we've been singing about it this morning. It's built upon Jesus. We speak about him. We sing about him. We witness to the difference he's made in our lives. And the basic questions of life, such as what happens when I die? Where did I come from? Is there meaning and purpose in life? Is there a God? All of those things are actually secondary to this question, which is, who is this guy? Who is this guy, Jesus? Who is Jesus? Because until we answer that, it's really 
difficult for us, almost impossible really, to answer the other basic questions of life. And Matthew 16 says this, When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? And they replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say that I am? That's the question, isn't it? Who do you say that Jesus is? Who is Jesus to you and who is he? Full stop. Who is Jesus? That's the basic question. Now let's understand something. When we, get, when we take groups to Israel, we go to this place, Caesarea Philippi, which is up on the Golan Heights, right near the border with Syria. And Jesus took his disciples there, climbed up the mountains in the Golan Heights toward Mount Hermon to this place, Caesarea Philippi. Now, that had been um, named by Philip, Herod Philip, the, um, the brother of the Herod who, you know, crucified Jesus and so on. And he named it after himself. And he named it also after Caesar because he was a collaborator with the Romans. And before he named it that, it was actually called Banya. It's, today it's called Banyas, but back then it was Panyas, P-A-N-I-A-S. And it was dedicated to the god Pan. And the god Pan was a god of, of um, very, very much pagan activity, um, of, of sexual uh, misconduct and all, all sorts of things that were not compatible with the kingdom of God that Jesus had come to bring into this earth. So he had taken his disciples into probably the darkest centre of pagan worship, the darkest place in the whole of the land of Israel at that point in time, to ask them this question because the kingdom of God was breaking in to the darkness of the lost world and to the spiritual forces of evil that were controlling the world. The kingdom of God was breaking into that and he took his disciples right to the heart of darkness so that this revelation could be so much more clearly seen because where does the light shine brightest? in the darkness, in the darkest places. So he took them there to Caesarea Philippi, to Panias, and it was a place of human sacrifice. They used to sacrifice people to the god Pan by throwing them into this cavern, which is still there today. You can go there and you can see the niches in the cliff that have gods um, in them carved into the cliff, and they would throw people into this cave. It was a deep cave with water at the bottom, and offer human sacrifices. So it was a dark place. It was a pagan place. And he said to them, who do people say that I am? This is the question. Who is this guy? Who is this guy? And they said, well, some say this and some say that and some say the other thing. And that's the question, isn't it? Now, let me dive, let me go off track for a minute and talk about my birthday. Is that all right with you? Yeah? Okay. Because I had a birthday recently and my beautiful wife bought me a record player. Now, not a turntable. A turntable, you put doof-doof music on and go... <laughs> my records, they squeak without that, you know? Like you just put them on and they crackle and pop and what have you. But anyway, I got this record player and I hadn't 
played my records for about 30 years because, you know, tapes came and CDs came and Spotify came and my records just got put into a box and left there. But I got out all my old friends and I started, my very first one was this guy, Larry Norman. Now, come on, who remembers Larry Norman? Oh, all four of you. Okay. Oh, there's, there's four people in my age group here. Larry Norman, the original rocker. Come on. Only visiting this planet. This was his best album, I reckon. And on this album, a number of great songs, but one of the really special ones was called The Outlaw. And it had several verses, and each one went through, who do people say that Jesus is? So one of them is, some say he was an outlaw, that he roamed across the land with a band of unschooled ruffians and a few old fishermen. And that's sort of his disciples, wasn't it? And looking out there, a band of unschooled ruffians, you know, and there's at least one person in here who goes fishing, I know. (laughs) There's a few then that go fishing. You know, that's true of us as well. He said no one knew just where he came from or exactly what he'd done, but they said it must be something bad that kept him on the run because he was an outlaw. He said some say he was a poet, that he'd stand upon the hill, that his voice could calm an angry crowd and make the waves stand still, that he spoke in many parables that few could understand, but the people sat for hours just to listen to this man. And it sort of goes on verse after verse. Some say he was a poet and some say a politician who spoke of being free. He was followed by the masses on the shores of Galilee. But anyway, it's, it's, it's that question, who is this Jesus? Was he this? Was he that? But he finishes it off by saying, some say he was the son of God, a man above all men, that he came to be a servant and to save us all from sin. And that's who I believe he was because that's who I believe. And I think we should get ready because it's time for us to leave because we're only visiting this planet. Our citizenship is not of this planet. We have a heavenly home and a spiritual home and a spiritual uh, future for us. So Simon Peter answered, Matthew 16 goes on. That's finished about my birthday now. Simon Peter answered, back to the Bible, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. See, this was a revelation. God had taught and and shown Peter this, but it was shown to you by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. You see, the rock that the church is built on is the revelation from God of who Jesus is, that he is the Messiah, he is the Son of the living God, he's the Saviour. And that word Saviour that is used in the New Testament, it also means healer, it means deliverer, it means the one who restores back to the way things should be. And if you want to find your destiny, if you want healing in your life, if you want salvation, if you want forgiveness and mercy and grace, it's all there in Jesus. That's what Peter was saying. And, and Jesus said, that's it. You got it, Peter. You got it. And then he went on. What did he say? And upon this rock, the rock of Peter's confession of who Jesus was, I will build my church. The church is the body of people to whom Christ has been revealed and who have taken him as Lord and Saviour and Healer. Ephesians 2 puts it this way. 
And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us as in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. So who is the church? Those who God has raised up. We, we have died with Christ. And we've been raised up to a new life with him. In a, and John puts it this way, we've been born again, born again, raised up to a new life, a spiritual life. There is a transcendent dimension to this world and a, trendant, a transcendent dimension to the next. And we have been raised up and, and raised into this, um, this new dimension, seated in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. And why did he do that? So that now, here in the future, he could show the riches, incomparable riches of his grace. That's what Sue was talking about. That's what we've been singing about, that we, the church, are the ones who model his grace. And why do we need to model his grace? Because we're imperfect. None of us earned our salvation. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. We'll talk about that more in a second. Colossians 3 puts it this way, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. So therefore, because we're the church, because we've been chosen by him, because we've come to know Jesus, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And so there's this description of what this church will look like because it comes out of the heart of God, this God who is a forgiving, gracious God, who is kind and humble and gentle and patient and in our own lives starts to produce that fruit in, in, in us. That's who the church is. Let me give you a little bit of bit more history about the granary because I told you that when the granary got its first sort of permanent building, it was filled with poker machines. Now, we used to call them one-armed bandits. I know that from BC, before Christ, in my life. <laughs> just telling you, I'm just saying, okay. But that's what, the, that's, that's what we inherited. That's where we began with this place that was, you know, full of smoke and ashtrays and one-armed bandits and so on. And God has brought us to be a place that is now two-armed Samaritans. We're a church that wants to be the good Samaritan in our community. We want to reach out, not only in our local community, but in our overseas community. And you've been generous in giving towards the work in MUCO, the hospital there, and the Granary Care Centre, and Alpha's reaching out to people in our community. Because what we wanted all along was for this, this church to be a shining light. You know, God even intended Israel to be a light to the world, but, but they failed in that... Um, in that call upon their nation and but God is calling the church and this church to be a light to the world now when when this church was planted I personally had done a runner I was going through a, a difficult time in my life and I did a runner all the way to Canada to a bible college there where I could heal and um, you know seek God for where the rest of my life was going to be but when when I came back the granary had been planted and God brought my wife and my my family here and we 
We joined Ties Hill when it had about 60 people, as I said, worshipping each Sunday. And mo most of those 60, I reckon, still worship here. Most of those 60 are still a part of this church. And, you know, changes happen down there. And I've talked to you a bit about the, the Gideon Project and owning our own home and so on. But the thing is this. All of that wasn't achieved by one person, by a pastor, by a leader, or even the staff, if you want to call them staff. It was achieved as God, through the Holy Spirit and through the, the preaching of the gospel, built this church and drew people to himself and drew in people who were wounded Christians who had been hurt in other places and so on, and, and they found a home here. And God built his church slow and steady. We didn't come to this place of, you know, 750 people worshipping regularly overnight. Just a long, slow building on a firm foundation of the gospel, the good news. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God to salvation and people becoming Christians and giving their life to Jesus as he revealed themselves to them. And you know who he used? He used you. He used all of us to do that. And you know what? None of us are perfect. We are all a bunch of, next slide, thank you, Ian, cracked pots. Now, notice that I didn't say crack pots, okay? Now, I, I believe in the power of words, and I'm not saying we're a bunch of crack pots, but we're a bunch of cracked pots. And that, that saying comes from an old Chinese fable, I believe. This is what I, I read, anyway, about a man who uh, many years ago had to gather the water for his family from the creek. And he would walk down the hill every day with two pots on the end of a pole on his shoulders and he would fill them up with water and then walk back up the hill and his family would use that water to, um, you know, to use to drink and to cook with and so on each day. But one of the pots was cracked. The other one was whole and one was cracked. And so as he walked up that hill, one of the pots would leak out the water until he would get up to the top and there'd be only a little bit left. The other pot was full, but one of them, there was only a little bit left. And remember, this, this is a parable, so suspend your reason for a minute. One day, the pot said to the guy, the cracked pot, said to the man, why do you continue to use me when I am no good, I am broken, I am cracked, you get up to, you carry me up and down and there's hardly any water in me, why do you continue to use me? And the man said, well, haven't you noticed that I planted seeds along the path on the side that you're on? And as you leaked each day, you watered those seeds and they have now turned into this beautiful road of flowers on one side of the track which bring joy and beauty to everyone who goes up and down there to get water. And, he, and the man said, you know, far be it from not doing any good, even in your cracked state, you have brought some beauty and some joy and some life into this world. And so, this is a parable, folks. And most, you know, most of you, you would know where this is going. 
that we are a bunch of cracked pots. We're a bunch of people who are imperfect, very much so. Never hold up the leaders of the church or anyone in here on a pedestal. We are all on a journey to, to become like Jesus and to become that kind, patient person that, that God is forming us into. But it doesn't mean that God can't use us now on the way to make a difference in people's lives because he can. He will use us even in our brokenness to bring beauty. In about six weeks, Audrey and I are taking another group over to Israel and we will uh, be there in Jerusalem. And, you know, a lot of people make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. But let me read to you Psalm, a little bit of Psalm 84, which is about that pilgrimage that people make to Jerusalem. But it's really a symbol of our pilgrimage in life. So Psalm 84 says this, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Becca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each person appears before God in Zion. You know, each of us one day will appear before God and he will, you know, he will say to us, won't he, what? Why should I let you in? Why should I accept you? And the only answer we can give at that point in time is because Christ died for my sins and forgave me and I trusted him. I let him be my Lord and my Saviour. But on that journey of life to that place where we appear before God, we're going to pass through the Valley of Becca. We're going to pass through some valleys and difficult places heading up to to be with God, and we have the opportunity to make it a place of springs. We have an opportunity to bring God's life, the water of the Holy Spirit flowing out of us to others, praying for people, seeing lives changed. And, you know, that's that's why we as a church, we give you people the opportunity. Alpha is there. It's available. You know, you might not feel confident sharing the good news about Jesus and who he is. Well, maybe invite people to have a nice dinner and to discuss these things, um, you know, bring, let them come to, to Alpha. So Jesus taught us to pray. In Matthew chapter 6, it says this, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Do you notice that there are only plural pronouns in that? Sorry, English teacher, primary school teacher, plural pronouns, they can't even say it. Us, we, our. There's no me, mine in there. It's us, we and our. Because when Jesus spoke to those who would become the founders of his church, he emphasised that it's a we. Once you become a Christian, you're not on your own anymore. It's a we. It's us. It's our vision. It's our need. We all need the sustenance that is our daily bread. We all need forgiveness. It's us together. And so... That not that there's anything wrong with me and my and mine, because they, they, those pronouns express ownership. They're what we call possessive 
pronouns. They, you know, that is mine. I possess that. So let's go to the next slide. Oh, there it is. So for all the teachers out here, and for those of you that are now traumatised by seeing that, we offer prayer ministry at the end of this service. So if you're, if you, if you failed English in Year Five, um, come out and get some prayer. Okay, if you're still traumatised. If you've pushed it away and forgotten it, maybe that's a good thing anyway. So, me and mine, those possessive pronouns, ours, that's what church is. It's ours. It's our church. And I don't know if you read Pastor Stu's email to the church this week, but we did not collude together. We didn't speak about what he was going to write and I was going to speak about. But Pastor Stu, in his email to us about today, wrote about this very thing, about this being our church, being my church, being that using those pronouns that indicate we have ownership and God has ownership of us and that we're planted in this place, that we don't talk about that church and their church because it's not their church. We are the church for a start, but secondly, this is your church. It's you, you know, you are here even today by joining in the worship. There is power when the body of Christ comes together and worships. People get healed when we come together in our connect groups and in our in our church, people are healed inside and people begin to flourish as we come and sit under the word of God. This is our place and we all have a role to play in it. Um, and, and so Stu wrote about that this week. He talked about someone who was talking about their church, even though he went to that church and worshipped there. You know, we would love to hear everybody talking about my church, about our church, about us owning the vision and contributing and being a part of this place in whatever way we can. So we're all in this together. That's what Pastor Sue said to me this week when we were talking about this idea of, um, of, of bringing the kim- kingdom of God beyond uh, among us, that we're all in this together. And it begins with loving, but it, it, it includes supporting one another. It includes serving and giving and learning and growing and reaching out. We are all in this together. Even if you don't go to Alpha, how about... Tomorrow, Monday, you say a little prayer for them because we're in this together. Whether you're going there or not, how about you just pray, Lord, come the kingdom of God. Do you know that when Jesus taught that prayer, um, you know, your kingdom come, it was actually at what they call an imperative. There's the English teacher again. Imperative. It's this. Come the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God, come. It's not like a begging thing. Oh, please, God, could you let the, could your kingdom come? It's not that. It's come the kingdom of God. It's speaking it into being. It's an imperative. This is what we're all about, the kingdom of God coming. And these are the ways that we can, we can be involved in it. So let's finish up with this. Oh, three minutes early. Look at that, Ian Barson. Take note. <laughs> Two minutes, 56. Uh, I haven't... I haven't finished yet. Oh, did you give me extra time? Uh, it's like one of those Nintendo games where you get extra time if you go around the thing. All right. <laughs> there is a God, yeah. Okay. So let's go back to where we started, everyone. CH dash dash CH. What's missing? You are. You are. Daddy joke. Get it? You laugh now. That's what, this is when you laugh, okay? Thank you, thank you. Yep, yep. You're worse than my school kids, I tell you. They, they never laughed either. But um, you are. 
It church isn't CHCH isn't church unless you are in it and we are all in it. It's 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 our church. It's my church. It's about people, you know. And this building is great, but it's just a facilitation of us gathering to worship and to witness and to proclaim Jesus the Savior who heals and delivers and and just put puts people back on the path of their destiny. And you know what? You were created for for a destiny. You were created to do something great in this world each one of us even and 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 by playing a small part in this church and in the church of Jesus Christ that's what you're doing and so I I want to say today if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior come out here and talk to someone who's in the prayer team afterwards and we can talk with you about it come to Alpha and you will at least be exploring the basic question of life who is this Jesus because until you answer that question you will not have peace you will never have that, that um, empty hole in your heart filled until you come to know who Jesus really is. So it's time to step up. When I was praying, I've got one minute now, I'm watching. When I was praying about this, I felt God say he's looking for another 10 families, like the 10 who, who, who uh, mortgaged their house and, and so on. That was way back when. But there are going to be people in this church who take this church from the 1,000 people that call it their home now to what I am praying for, which is 1% of the population of this area. The population of Lake Macquarie, Port Stephens, Maitland, all put together, around about 500,000 people well why can't our 1000 become 5000 why cannot we start to pray god bring revival let's see the 1000 turn into 5000 the 60 has turned into a thousand in the time that i've been here so hey we're looking for these people to commit and say i will stand on your shoulders five four three and i will stand on your shoulders and take this church on to the next level because because god wants to reach this city he wants to you know the people that are in darkness and 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 not saved and lacking peace and have mental health issues without jesus and so on god wants to come into all of that so come on let's stand to our feet and if you are one of those people let's stand up if you are one of those people who you know you you're thinking i i want to commit to this i want to take this church on then and especially uh, this is especially i believe for men god sort of spoke to me especially about men but it's for women as well and for couples and for families then you might just want to come out and get some prayer out the front and ask god to reveal to you what he wants you to do to step up and to really own the vision of this church within among and beyond and to really step into the destiny that you have to contribute so father god thank you for today lord god thank you that jesus is our lord and savior and sets us free and prospers our souls lord god and uh, brings our spirit to life lord we we just appreciate you we appreciate the church here we appreciate this building but we especially appreciate each other as well lord and and the way you've brought us together to be a light in the darkness in our community so father come the kingdom of god come kingdom of god come in us and through us we pray in jesus name amen
Thank you for listening to our Sunday podcast. If you enjoyed it, either subscribe or follow on the podcast app that you use to keep up to date on when our next Sunday podcast gets released. Have a safe and blessed week.